Welcome to the weekly sermon by Generations Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our special speaker. This man uh, is, is a dynamic, powerful speaker. If you've never had a chance to see him or if you haven't seen him on YouTube or something like that, you're going to be very blessed today. I know you will. Um, he has preached all over North America, hundreds of thousands of people. He's the, one of the keynote speakers of the Kingdom Youth Conference, which we just hosted this past weekend, and they go all over the, all over the nation blessing a lot of people. He's also an associate pastor of a gateway church uh, up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area with Robert Morris. We would love those guys. And uh, this man, let me tell you, he has a passion to see people set free, delivered, and, and freed to, to pursue what God has for them, whatever God's will is for their life. And I know he's going to bless us. So I invite you just to open your hearts today, whatever agenda you have today, whatever you got going on, you know, that, that really important thing, you're believing God for a miracle today. Well, go ahead, lay, down, lay that down at the cross and open up your hearts, open up your ears to what this man has to say to us. And let's give him a huge, just ridiculous Generations Church welcome, Mr. Kim Tal Glasgow. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for hosting us, and uh, it is so good uh, to be here. I've heard so much about your church and have now had the opportunity to experience your hospitality and your warmth, and uh, those of you that were not at the Kingdom Conference, it was phenomenal, and we saw people saved, saw people healed, we saw people set free. Last night was perhaps one of the most unique nights that we've had since we, we've, we do these conferences all over the country. Um, and, you know, we were in Portland a couple weeks ago, and then Phoenix, and then I don't remember anything past that. I'm looking at Bill, like, um, and, uh, but last night, uh, we, we called, uh, we just flowed with, with the Holy Spirit. And, and the job of us as believers and the job of us as leaders is to be yielded to what the Holy Spirit says. And so we had a planned message that was awesome, I, I thought. And, and the Holy Spirit had a different plan. And so we lined youth pastors and leaders up. So there were youth pastors and leaders and youth groups from all over this area that, that, that met in this room, in, in your auditorium. And uh, we laid hands on them. We spoke life, we affirmed the gift of God and the calling of God that's on their life, and uh, so thank you so much. So if you weren't here, uh, you were a part of it because you're part of this house, and we're thankful for you uh, being hosts for us, amen? Um, and I want to acknowledge, we've got Bretta Stone, you all ministered so, can you just, if you're part of the ministry team, I know John just had you stand up, can you stand again? So there's Bretta Stone, Christine is here, and <laughs> Nehemiah, man, you ministered so powerfully last night, and uh, I know John said check them out, but they're, they, they are anointed, and uh, as somebody who, who travels, it's, it's awesome to be able to be with people that know how to flow, right? And, that, and that's, that's not, it's more uncommon than you think. 
And so I, I appreciate uh, their ministry. They're a ministry that's worth checking out. Uh, Aaron and Cab Beeler, we minister together years and years and years. They're special guests, and it's good to see you guys. I'm going to hug you before I get out. So anyway, um, let's get into the word. Uh, bring greetings from my family. Um, uh, my son Emmett is traveling with me, but I think we got a picture. Whoa, let's, let's take that. That's, that's a little too much chemtail. But um, this is my family, uh, my wife Marla, uh, my oldest son Emmett who's here. Emmett, why don't you stand? Can you stand? Stand up highly. Get up on the chair. There you go. It's my son Emmett. He's our oldest. Uh, our, our middle daughter, who's sandwiched between Marla and I, her name is Zoe. And uh, our baby, who's, who's kind of not a baby anymore, uh, is Hillary. And it's amazing how those of you that have multiple kids, it is amazing how um, kids that come from the same two people can be so different. And all three of them are totally different. They got their own personalities. They, you know, Emmett is all boy. If it blows up, um, you know, makes noise, drives... He loves it, and, and uh, Zoe is, is all girl, you know, and she's, she's pretty. When I, you know, I told the conference that, you know, she's the kind of person that if you go up to her and you say, oh, Zoe, you're so pretty, you're so beautiful, you know, she'll just go, I know, <laughs> yeah. She's not very humble, but she, she understands. I don't know where in our lives we lose that, by the way. You know, the Bible talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully uh, made. And so and sometimes, you know, somebody pays us a compliment and we don't, we don't just acknowledge, yeah, I can do that good, you know? And, uh, but she had no problem doing that. She's, she's, very, she's very, very comfortable. They really wanted to come, uh, but I can, I can do one kid great. I can do two kids okay. But you put three by myself without my wife, woo, Jesus. And so, so we, just, we, kept, we, we just kept them. And then Hillary is, is our sweet, um, uh, she's, she's, she's the lover in, in our, in, you know, out of the group. She's the one who just wants to snuggle, who wants to talk when I'm ready to leave for the office in the morning. She'll say, Papa, just, just sit with me, sit with me, you know, or sit beside me, or don't go. And she'll squeeze me a little harder, and she's, she's sweet too. So um, that is my family. Again, it is so good uh, to be here. I have a word uh, from Lord. Some of our ministry team have heard parts of this word before, but I've sliced them together a different way, so hopefully it'll be a little fresh, you know. Sometimes when you travel with the same people, and by the way, it, it is the best to travel with the same people. Because you get to know them, you get to love them, you get to, I'm looking at Christine, you get to interact with them, and there's, 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 there's something sweet uh, when, when you're able to do it. The, the downside is, is that they hear me, you know, every week. And that could be a good thing, but it could also, you know, I heard this message, well, can you preach something new? In Jesus' name, please. And so... I'm going to preach something similar that we've done, but in a, in a different way. And I really, you know, as, as, as we approach, you know, we re I really just ask the Lord, what do you want to share? Um, how do you want to share it? And uh, I, I have a passion for seeing people succeed. I have a passion for people to walk in the fullness of what God has for them. 
passionate about it. And I want to see people uh, grow. I want, people, I want to see people walk in the fullness of their gifting and their calling. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 8. And uh, how many of you know the word works? We're in a word church. And the word, the word works, the word will not, cannot, and does not return void. The word will do what it is set forward uh, to do. And I want to read a story that, is, that might be very familiar to you, but I want to take a bit of a different twist on it. Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 22, reads, Then he, who's he? He here is Jesus. He came to Bethesda, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him, begged Jesus... To touch him. So when they, when they began this exchange, there was an expectation. And it is not inappropriate for you to have an expectation of God. Why? Because God is the performer of the impossible. It is all right to go to God with a sense of expectation and anticipation. I feel like sometimes God actually works in that climate of expectation and anticipation. So here Jesus, he shows up at Bethesda and they bring him a blind man with an expectation. If you're blind and people are bringing you to Jesus, the expectation is... You're going to get healed. Jesus is going to lay hands on you. You're going to receive your sight, and it's going to be great. But how many of you know in your life, God does not always do what you expect? See, his promises are true, but the roadmap to get to your destination might look different than you thought it might in your mind. We think that God, hey, he's going to do it. He's going to do it like this. It's going to look like this. It's going to feel like this. And when it happens, it, this is how it's all going to come to place. And when God moves, sometimes it doesn't look like you thought of in your mind. But how many of you know that God is God? And God's plan is always for your well-being. God's plan for you. So sometimes we look at ourselves and our deficiencies and we, we question, you know, am I always going to struggle with this? Am I always going to deal with this? Can't everything come? No, God's plan is always for your good and for your benefit. And he may take you on a route that you didn't expect, but he's taking you on that route to get you the place that you really need to get to. One of the things that I get to do in my job now is I get to minister to pastors. I'm talking to a pastor who's dealing with, some, you know, going through a situation that's, that's a bit of a, 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 a challenge. And, you know, why, why is this happening? Why, it, it, you know, th things aren't falling into place. And I, I shared with them, you need to, number one, follow the direction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. You need to let the word of God be the governor in your life to determine what you are or are not going to do. But I think about my life. So I've been through seasons that have not been the most pleasant for me. But I look at where I am now, what I'm doing now, and there's no way, there's no way that I'd be here that I'd be doing what I'm doing, that I'd be ministering the way that I'm ministering now had I not 
taken the route that the Lord took me on. And while unpleasant in the moment, it brought me to the place where I needed to be, where I could be the most effective. Right? And the rough season did not harm me. The rough season, if you don't, the, the Bible says that the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Key word there is may. Devil, you may not devour me. And while I'm walking through this season, I'm not walking by myself. The Lord is with me. The Bible says he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He's always with me. And his plans for you are good. Therefore, your benefit. And so as you walk with him and as you trust him and as you allow him to direct you and guide you, he will bring you to your final destination safely. Think about this. You know, if you've got a GPS in your car, I've got a GPS in my car. What does a GPS do? The GPS will give you, it will not give you the whole destination all in one fail swoop. It doesn't do that. When I get in the car to drive back to Dallas, I'm going to put on the GPS. Why? Because I don't know by memory how to get there. The GPS will give me one instruction. Go down the, the, the street two miles and turn right. Then the GPS will stop talking. What's it waiting for? Just tell me how to get all the way there. It doesn't tell me how to get all the way there. It says, go down the road two miles and turn right. And then it stops talking. It's waiting for me to fulfill the first instruction before it gives me the next instruction. I think God works that way too. We want God to give us the whole blueprint, the whole map, all the twists and turns right at the very beginning. No, no, he says, obey the first thing I told you to do. After you obey that, I'll tell you the next thing to do. And when you're done obeying all the steps that I've given you, you will land safely at your destination. Great expectations. They bring this blind man to Jesus. Asking, touch him, heal him. But here is how Jesus response. He is the confounder of expectation. Verse 23. Notice, G don't say nothing here. Verse 23, so he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. How many know that was unexpected? Amen. Can I borrow you for a second? You, you okay? Don't be scared. All right. Okay. Just one. We we did. Oh yeah. No. Yes. Yeah, you were here last night. Come on. Give me. Give me some. Get, okay. No. 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 Okay. No. No. Okay. That's good. That's good. White people. It's all right. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I love you, man. All right. I want you to close. Close, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay. So you can't see. So think about what Jesus did. He leads him out of town. Notice. That the man is willing to be led. He's willing to be led by God. He doesn't exactly know where he's going, but he's led out. Now, now think about this in Bible days. It's not like here where you jump in the car. You just stay there. It's cool. It's where you, where you jump in the car, you jump in the bus, and you go. Out of town, back, they walked everywhere. Out of town could have meant hours, and it could have meant all day. Being led by the hand... By Jesus. 
And he takes him to his destination. And the Bible says, and when he spit on his eyes, don't worry, I ain't going to spit on your eyes. It's cool. This is the part where everybody gets nervous, right? He spits on his eyes and asks him to look up. And so take a look, right? And Jesus asks him a question. Do you see anything? Do you see? What, what do you see? And here is the man's response. Mm, not really. What? Not really. This is Jesus himself. His response is, I see men like trees walking. Which being interpreted means a little bit better, but not so much. <laughs> Let me tell you, I believe that, that part of his ability to receive his healing wasn't just his faith but his ability to be honest with God. He could have said, hey, it's better. I can see better. I can see better. Hey, everything's cool. It's better. You know, and I believe it's my opinion that had he said, yeah, it's, it's better. I think Jesus would have let him say, all right, go on your way. But he was honest. And so Jesus prays for him again. And the Bible says he turned and saw everything clearly. Thank you so much. Yeah, back to you. Give him a hand clap. He, he, the man had an expectation. The people around him had an expectation. And Jesus confound that expectation. Think about the idea of, of just, what, hey, by the way, Jesus spit in the man's face. Notice that the man did not get offended. We, listen, we, we, uh, we have got a generation of people in church. I'm meddling now, but I'm getting out of town, so whatever. <laughs> we have a generation of people in church. They don't like the songs that are being played. You picking up and trying to go to another church. Pastor says two sentences. You don't. Well, you know, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't like that. I'm, I just. I'll be moving on. No, wait a second. Hold on a minute. Had he gotten offended, it would have stopped right there. Amen. Spitting in someone's face is offensive. <laughs> it's offensive. And it was offensive in that time and culture. Do you know why I know that? Because when Jesus was being taken to the cross, they spat in his face. That was offensive. That was the same time and season. It was offensive then. It's offensive now. And that man chose to not be offended. I may not like what's going on right now, but God, I'm going to trust you. I may not like what the pastor's preaching. And listen, we did not discuss this message, right? So. I may not like what the pastor. Wait a second. Is he preaching the word? Because the word is not designed to fit in with your opinion. We are too many people and too many young preachers trying to make the word of God fit into the culture. The word of God is not to be changed. The word of God is supposed to change you. Well, I don't like it. Well, I, I, listen, I don't like broccoli, but I need to eat it. 
I mean, I really do need to eat it. I'm the kind of guy, fry it up and, you know, bread it and smother it in gravy. And then maybe, no, no, I got it raw, broccoli. Anyway, that's... Jesus and this man travel. I don't know how long. Bible doesn't say how long. But it, it, it's safe to say it took, he led him out of town. Out of town took a while. And while he was walking, the blind man, Jesus, the blind man was waiting. He was waiting on God. And I want to talk to you a little bit today about waiting on God. Because we think oftentimes that waiting on God is like waiting at a bus stop. And this is how it's done. It's how we think it's done. It's not how it's done. All right. Yeah. I'm just waiting. Waiting on the Lord. I'd be praying for this and I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting, you know, I'm waiting for them to just do this. I'm waiting for that to come together. I'm just waiting on God and I'll just, I'll just wait. And there's a season and a time to be still, okay? But waiting on God is not passive. We think that it's passive. We just say, you know, let's, let's wait. Think about the word waiting like a waiter would wait on you in a restaurant. A good way, in fact, let's just, before we go there, let's turn because I want you to get this scripture. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And in verse 31, you know this verse. It's a famous verse. It's a good verse. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Why would you need your strength renewed if all you were doing was sitting around? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That word faint there means give up, cave in, and quit. They shall walk and not give up, cave in, or quit. Think about a good waiter in a restaurant. A good waiter in a restaurant is not passive. A good waiter in a restaurant is quite the opposite. He is very active. While you're waiting on God, you cannot be passive. You should be very active, very attentive. It's the time in between the I believe that I receive and the there it is. Both of those days are exciting days for me. I like the day where I say, God, I believe that I receive because I'm standing on the word. I'm speaking the word out. I'm excited about it. Lord, I believe that I receive. And I love the other day. There it is. Woo! Lord, look, you have done what you said you'd do. And the full manifestation of it is here now. There it is. It's great. That in between, what do you do in between? You wait. But waiting, like a good waiter, is active. You don't have to flag a good waiter down. 
Marla and I were, uh, this is years ago, we were in a restaurant, and uh, we, we or you know, sitting down to, you know, have a little date and order food and, and, and you know, the bread and all that stuff. And uh, the first thing they ask you is, you know, what do you want to drink? And, and back then, I loved, I still love Dr. Pepper, but I'm trying to not be fat. So I'm, I've, I've cut down, I've cut down a lot of things that taste good, John. I just want to let you know. I've got a lot of things that taste good. So I, I ordered a Dr. Pepper and, you know, cause, cause, you know. And so the waitress, sweet waitress, she didn't call, no, she just said, she said, oh, so, sir, so sorry. You know, we, we don't have Dr. Pepper. And then she gave me a Dr. Pepper alternative that don't taste like Dr. Pepper. Like she, did, she offered it. She didn't give it because I, you know, anyway. And, and so, so sorry. And so here's the deal. I didn't cause any problem. I, I just said, oh, okay, and I ordered something else, right? And, uh, you, know, you know, she went on her way and, and, and uh, uh, came back. But I was, I was thinking about this Dr. Pepper still. And so, so I said to her, I, I said, hey, you know, I just, in a joking way, can I just tell you as Christians who go to restaurants, you know the least wanted shift in the restaurant industry is a Sunday afternoon shift? You know why it's the least wanted chip? Because the cheap Christians come, they leave a $2 tip on a $65 check. I don't want to serve them Christians. We should be known for our generosity. We should be known, man, you, you, you interact with a Christian, you're going to be blessed. And so I, would, I, so I wasn't rude, didn't cause no problems, I just, but I, I, in a joking way, I said, hey, you know, if y'all have a suggestion box, you, we, we, you should put in there that you should get some Dr. Pepper. Some people like Dr. Pepper, I'm just saying. That's it. I, you know, she kind of laughed, I got to laugh, and that was it. We, we, you know, we, we, we kind of went on. Well, I don't know, about 10 minutes later, I see our waitress, and she's across the restaurant. And you know how they hold the trays above their head? I don't know how they do. This is why I could not work in a restaurant. You know, first of all, I don't have the temperament. I'd be like, get the water yourself. <laughs> you know, I just, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be good at that job. I wouldn't be good. I mean, just, you know, oh, you don't like the food? Well, you know, go, go home and make your own meal. You know, I, 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 that, that, that would be what I would do. I, I just would not be a good, and I couldn't carry the tray. I'd be, I'd be, you know, I'd get halfway to the table and I'd tr- drop the tray on the table. That, uh, yeah, I just wouldn't. Anyway, so she's holding the tray. Up above her head, she's got a silver tray with a two-liter Dr. Pepper with two flute glasses filled with ice, and she's walking my way. And here I am. I'm looking like this. <laughs> Little water coming down here. And she gets to my table. She presents it. And I said, but, but, but you said, you said there was no Dr. Pepper. This is a miracle. Like, did she just fill the jug with water? And, you know, like, I, what, how, how did this happen? And here's what she said. She said, I saw in your eyes. She said, I, I saw it in your eyes. You really wanted the Dr. Pepper. So we sent a busboy down to the supermarket to get, how many of you know she got a tip that day? How many know she got new shoe money that day? She got blessed, blessed, blessed that day. She presented, it was, it was, it was wonderful. Why? She, she was an active waiter. Think about this. If you're waiting on, now she was waiting on us. 
So we are waiting on God. What does a good waiter do? I said a good waiter doesn't have to be flagged down. A good waiter is active. A good waiter is watchful toward the one that she's waiting on or he's waiting on. Are we watchful to God? God, what you want? What you want? Where, where, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do it? A good waiter is quick to hear and obey. Hey, I want a water. They'll go, woo, go fetch, fetch the water, bring it back. They're quick to hear and obey. If I order water, they ain't going to bring me back orange juice. A good waiter won't bring me back orange juice. Good waiter won't say, well, the orange juice was better, so here you go. You asked for liquid in a glass, and I gave you my interpretation of liquid in a glass, and here's your, no, I didn't order orange juice. I ordered the water. They're quick to hear and obey the one they're waiting on. Are you quick to hear what the Lord is saying to you and obey what the Lord is saying to you? Are you a good waiter? Good waiter is not passive. A good waiter is active. If you've ever been to a great restaurant and you order the water, if you've ever noticed this, you know, and I'm talking about the nice restaurant, the restaurant where they got the towel, where the waiter dress up, it's nice, you know, it's the anniversary birthday restaurants, right? It's, and, and so you go to those restaurants, the waiter comes up, and you, uh, you order a water in a good restaurant, a fine dining restaurant, here's the response that the waiter gives you. Bravo. Very good. Good choice. Bravo, I just ordered water. You saying bravo like I did something, like I've had some sort of achievement here. I just ordered the water. The waiter says, bravo, good choice, well done. Why? Because a good waiter always has a praise on their mouth. A good waiter is great to just lift up and be kind. A good waiter doesn't grumble and complain. Imagine going to a restaurant, and I don't know if this ever happened to you, and you ask the waitress or waiter, hey, how you doing? Terrible. You know, I've been here for such and such time, and you know, this and that, that, don't my kids. And say, and I, Whoa, hey, hey, hey. I didn't ask for all that. Amen. They're not grumbling and complaining. Hey, it's good to see you. It's a great day. We're so glad you're here. Let me help you. Let me bless you. Good waiter knows how to put their own feelings aside and wait with joy. What does God do for a good waiter? He renews their strength. What does the word renew mean? It means to restore or replenish. It means to make, say, or do Again, it means to restore to a former state, to make new or as if new again. What happens to you when you're a good waiter? You mount up with wings as eagles. This is so interesting. You mount up not just with any old wings, with wings as eagles. There are different kinds of birds. Some birds flap. Right? The harder you flap, they, 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 that's how they go. They go and they... Some birds flap. Think about the hummingbird. 
They, I mean, they, 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 they flapping, flapping, flapping. Do you notice that the hummingbird can be flapping, flapping faster than any other bird, but at the same time seems to not be going anywhere? There's some of us, we working, working, working hard, flapping as hard as we can, and we don't seem to be making any forward motion. We don't seem to be going where we need to go, but we, we do, we, we, well, I just got to work harder. I just got to work. I mean, just go faster. If I, if I can just do that, maybe I'll just get a little, and you ain't going nowhere. Well, thank God that, that the scripture doesn't say you'll mount up with wings as the hummingbird. That's, uh, that's signing up for a whole bunch of work with a whole, not a whole lot of forward progression. Some birds glide. Right? You think about a falcon. Falcon gets up there and he'll just put, he'll glide. Now what happens when you glide is eventually you, you know, you glide to the ground. Right? Gliding's good, but it's temporary. Eagles soar. Well, what's the difference? Eagles find they have a sensory. They've got kind of a, a, a sixth sense, for lack of a better term, for a thing called a thermal ridge lift. And what, what, what an eagle will do is an eagle will get to its perch and it can sense a thermal ridge lift. And what a thermal ridge lift is, is, is it is a, it, it's like a column of, of warm air that pushes upwards. And so what an eagle will do is an eagle, when it senses that thermal ridge lift coming, it all it needs to do is to step into position, put out its wings, and that thermal lift begins to carry it and it begins to soar. Don't have to fight. Don't have to fuss. All you have to do is to step into the position that God has for you. Do you know that those columns of air can take an eagle upwards up to three miles? Without flapping. It's obeying God. It's going back to that GPS. God, what are you saying to me? And as you speak to me, I will simply step out in faith. I'm telling you, for me, that's what step out in faith means. God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to hear you. I'm going to think about you. I'm going to look for what you need me to do while I'm waiting on the thing that you're, you're doing in my life. And when you say move, I'm going to move. And you will carry me. There are people striving and striving and striving. I don't want to strive and strive. There's no striving in him. There's just, Lord, I want to hear from you. And then I want to step into position. And then I can soar. You can soar. What has he told you to do? What's he telling you to do? See, God ain't talking very much to me. Well, what was the last thing he told you to do? 
Sometimes that GPS, it's all it's it's waiting. You know, on the way down here, Emmett and I drove, and we have great fun when we're when we're traveling. We'll we'll stop and eat, and we'll do things, and we'll see things, and we'll laugh, and we'll play music, and we'll play preaching tape, which he's great as you know, eight years old to you know, listen to Pastor Robert five times on the way down, and it it it. It's fun, right? I don't even know where I was going with that. Other than I love traveling with you. You're a fun guy to travel with. Ah, I remember. So the GPS, we got to a certain part of, I think it's 45. Aaron, is that the, the highway? Okay. So 45, there's a long stretch of 45. I'm on 45 for a long time. It said something like, you know, the, the, before it gives you another, you know, uh, continue south on I-45 for 96 miles or something crazy like that. And she just stopped talking. 96 miles is a long time to drive. I don't think we made it the whole 96 miles. I think we stopped somewhere. And uh, in between, but, and hey, here's a great thing too. You make a mistake. You step outside, recalculating. God knows exactly how to get you back on track. You out of step, he knows exactly the steps you need to take to get you. Make a, you make a detour that wasn't of God. He knows the exact route you need to take to get you back on the track that you need to get on to do what you need to do. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much. Lord, that we can hear you we can hear your voice God I pray for every person in this room every person under the sound of my voice the people that are watching on the internet Lord I pray right now that Lord they will turn their hearts to you they'll turn their ears to you and God Lord as you speak to them give them the faith the strength the courage to step out in obedience Lord make your word come alive in their hearts God, I thank you that your word will not return void. It will do, Lord, what you've put it forth to do. And so, God, I pray that this word and your word falls deeply and richly into the hearts of everybody here and everybody watching. God, I thank you that this will begin a season of radical obedience with intentional love and with steps that are ordered and directed by you it is in jesus mighty name we pray amen thank you for listening be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources